Thank you, Lord. You are worthy to receive the praise. You are worthy to receive the honor and the glory. I'm going to invite you, if you're here in-house, let's please rise to our feet. If you are watching online, if you can, if you are able, please rise to your feet as well. And let's just put our hands together and give God praise. Let's praise God with our applause. Let's praise God with enthusiasm. Let's praise God with thanksgiving. Let's, hallelujah, at this moment offer unto God the praises and the sacrifices of joy, of thanksgiving, hallelujah. He is a good God. He is an awesome God. And if you believe that he is good and that he is awesome, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I just want to welcome you. May have a seat. I want to welcome you all uh, to our Wednesday night Bible class. We are coming to you live from the worldwide headquarters of Agape House of Worship, a uh, family of churches in uh, Roselle, New Jersey. And Agape House of Worship is indeed that. We are a family of churches with a family church in Houston, Texas. So if you find yourself in Houston, Texas, look us up. Pay us a visit. Also, uh, we have a family church in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. And uh, if you are uh, so um, desirous to have an agape house of worship in your city, put that in prayer. Amen. Because I believe that agape house of worship will begin to pop up um, all around the country and around the globe as the Lord wills. So, on behalf of our head pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor G-Day and Pastor Bimbola Lari, we want to welcome everyone, uh, those of you who are joining us here live uh, in, in the sanctuary here, and those of you who are joining us online, we want to welcome you to our Wednesday night Baba class. I am uh, Pastor Hubie Berrios, and it is my privilege tonight to continue on this, uh, wow, journey that we're going through in the epistle of James. Amen. But before we continue, I just want to let everyone know uh, that the class notes can be found on our website. Our website is www.ahowfc.org, and you can download the notes there. You could also watch the live stream on our website. And uh, for those of you who are on Facebook and uh, watching us on YouTube, we are live streaming uh, this class on those uh, social media platforms as well. So without further ado, let's get right into the book of James. Tonight, we will be uh, covering the topic titled, Listening, Doing, and Speaking. Uh, we want to ask all of you to please get your Bibles out. Please get your notepads and something to write with out as well. And uh, we'll be focusing on the first chapter of the book of James, verses 19 through 27. But before we do so, um, I just want to real quick uh, just ask anyone um, present or online, all right, what are some of the observations that you, you are already uh, picking up on on the first two classes that Pastor G-Day uh, taught on. He, the first class, he gave an introduction, right? A general introduction to the book of James, <clears throat> uh, just um, in order to get us familiar uh, with, the, uh, with the book of James. 
And uh, last week, Pastor G-Day covered uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. So I just want to, before we uh, go into tonight's class, uh, which is really part of the class, right? Uh, just want to know what were some of your observations uh, so far regarding this awesome book. And then I'll share a couple of observations uh, that I've had and some of the things that I've been thinking about regarding the book of James. Um, so I just want to, don't make me pick you. <laughs> so if we have any volunteers, that'll be great. So I'm going to pick on Brother Javier, as a matter of fact. You're, you're going to be the first one. Being you have the, Brother Javier is going to be helping out. He's the usher in charge tonight, and uh, he will be helping us out with um, uh, uh, passing the mic around. Brother Javier, any observations uh, that you want to make? I don't want to put you on the spot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, but if um, you remember uh, in the first chapter of the book of James, uh, James talks about temptation. He talks about fiery trials, right? Um, he talks about um, patience, right? Let, have, let, let patience have its perfect work in you. So any, just any observations, just to help us... Um, Help us get the class, help us kick the class off. So, so what I picked up was um, the suffering. G give me one moment, sure. Brother Javier, because I, I need to, because I'm hearing and, and, I, and I have, I, I'm having a bad, there it is. Okay, I turned off the audio. Okay. So suffering and trials, um, you know, that we're just going to go through through trials and sufferings, but the way that James, his simplicity, right. the way he explains it. Right. So what I picked up from, actually now I remember, from last <laughs> week was it's so important to be simple yeah. because you can reach so many more people right. at, a, at a certain level. Because if you make it too complex, yes. not, the masses aren't going to get it. So you right. kind of have to make it simple. So more people can, can receive it. Right. That was your... That was my... Awesome, what, what, awesome. I, what I uh, got from it. Two more. Can we get the two more uh, brothers or sisters to share? What were your, some, some of your observations? Um, I have quite a bit of observations. I'm not going to share all of them. I can't because I got to go right into the class. But if you were present and if you were paying attention, especially if you were taking notes, uh, you know, because the word is life, because the word is powerful... Amen. Because it's the word of God. It's going to speak to your inner man. It's going to speak to your inner woman. And when it speaks, when it arrives, it impacts. So that, the fact that it impacts, amen, your inner man, your inner woman. When I, when I say inner man, inner woman, I'm talking about your born again, regenerated spirit. Amen. There has to be a thought. There has to be an observation that just comes to mind regarding the words that you just spoke. So, Brother Javier, I see that you're by Brother Mayowa. Uh, Brother Mayowa, do you have any observations that you, you would like to share uh, coming right out of the gate here on uh, Wednesday night Bible class? Um, I was trying to run through my notes. <laughs> That's okay. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in notes. Firm believer. Why? Because notes, you're not going to remember everything. 
all right? You're not going to remember everything, and notes are especially useful and helpful because they are an extension of your memory, all right? And I'm always going back to my notes. I'm always going back to things that I have written, always. So I will say, uh, first and foremost, that from last week when we dove into trials and temptations and Mm -hmm. understanding uh, the differences in them. Yeah. And then uh, even last night I took a deeper dive as well, went back through it. And I think one thing that I noticed was that James, uh, in in the earlier parts of chapter one specifically, gets into understanding what trials are, what temptations are, how they come about. Amen. Um, But I think another thing that struck me recently was that it doesn't go too in-depth about how exactly to overcome those Mm -hmm. trials and temptations. Mm -hmm. Rather, it... I guess it goes later in the in the verse it, in the chapter it goes into um, reading the word, but not just reading or reading it, but living it also. Yeah. So it's almost a call back to saying, "Hey, yeah. on top of what you're reading in James, you need to reference the rest of your Bible and read more of your word right. in order to understand fully and, how to do this." Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're absolutely right. In the verses 19, 19 through twenty seven, which we will be going uh, through today. James speaks specifically on how, you know, you could overcome those temptations and how you can be victorious in the midst of the fiery trial. Because I don't know if you remember last week, but temptation means both. It means uh, uh, a fiery trial, right? But it also means uh, when you're pulled away by your very own internal innate concupiscence. In other words, that, that lust that is in each and every one of us by very fact that we are, you know, humans, all right? We, when we're drawn away, that is, that is the temptation right there, the very fact that we can be drawn away by something, all right? Um, anyone else? One more person. One more person. One more person. Brother Mike wasn't here last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Randy's volunteering you. But uh, Mike wasn't here last week. Anyone else? One more person, and I'll uh, go right into tonight's Bible class. Anyone that was here last week? Anyone, anyone, anyone? I should pick on some of the, some of the crew back here. The crew is here every Wednesday. Amen? They should be able to answer some questions as well. All right? They should be able to answer some questions as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, an, an observation, Sister Carol? So, Randy. So um, the book of James actually has been a book that um, I always go to. And I've learned to memorize the first verses, uh, when, especially when I've had to go through trials in my life, consider it pure joy. Um, because usually through trials, we we're not joy, you know, we, the, the, we're, we're very opposite from the happiness or anything because we're suffering, but we have to find joy in the Lord. And not only that, but it's how strong it makes us, how um, it's this perseverance and endurance. Mm-hmm. So I think of it as a workout in a way, you know, Amen. that as we're, even though it hurts and even though we're sore and we're going through each and every set or repetition, 
it's, we're going to have a result at the end. Amen. And we're going to be so happy and joyful. We're going to have joy at the results because it's all worth it. Amen. And it's made us stronger. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for uh, sharing uh, your observations. So if you have them before you, please take out your notes for tonight's class. If you don't have them, raise your hand and Brother David or uh, Brother Javier will make sure that you get a copy of the notes. All right, so let's uh, read here uh, the introduction uh, I have here as an introduction. We are continuing the letter of James. In this book that bears his name, James uh, gives the reader wisdom and practical Christ, uh, wisdom for practical Christian living. Last Wednesday, Pastor Gide covered uh, verses 1 through 18 in the first chapter. And in these verses, James uh, speaks about how we could honor, love, Oh, I'm sorry. In those verses that Pastor Gide covered last week, he spoke about how we could honor, love, and serve God in the midst of fiery trials. Tonight, we'll cover verses 19 through 27. And in these verses, James prods the believers to know God's word and to act accordingly. Amen. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, knowing God's word, amen, and acting accordingly a little bit. Let's talk about that because you're going to see that for the rest of the book of James, this is exactly the spirit that uh, James is writing with. He wants the believers, because James is speaking to believers here, he's not speaking to unbelievers, he wants the believers to know something, amen? He wants to give them information. He wants to give them lessons. He wants to impart principles. He wants to impart wisdom and knowledge and spiritual understanding. But for James, the impartation of that information, the impartation of that knowledge, wisdom, and spiritual understanding is not enough. James goes above and beyond uh, just knowing. All right? He wants the believers to know, right, specifically the word of God, and he wants them to act accordingly, all right? So in the book of James, in your Bibles, in your margins, wherever you have space, write the words, know this and act accordingly. Know this and act accordingly, because this is what James wants his flock to do. This is what James wants the sheep to do. He wants them to know the word and he wants them to do it. He wants them to know and hear the word of God, but he wants them to also act accordingly as well. And you're going to see that from here on out all throughout the book of James. Amen. So let's go into the first verse. Can somebody please read uh, James chapter 1, verse 19, if you please. Brother Javier, if you can, just select someone. Don't even ask them for permission if they're not raising their hands. Just, just give them the mic. Just give them the mic. Say, read it. <laughs> Amen. James 1, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Amen. And verse 20? 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. 
Amen. Amen. So, number one, I already mentioned this, but James's use of the words know this and everyone must lets the reader know that this is an apostolic directive. All right? It's not a suggestion on behalf of the Apostle James. It's not an opinion on behalf of the Apostle James. When the Apostle James says, know this and act accordingly, right? When the Apostle James says, but everyone must, it's, it, you know, he's speaking from the position of pastoral authority, all right? He's speaking from the position of apostolic authority, all right? And for the men who uh, came with us to uh, the men's retreat, uh, you already know what apostolic authority means. Uh, who came to the men's retreat? Who was at the, who was at, uh, the men here? Who was at the men's retreat? Pastor G, they went to the men's retreat. So Pastor G, they, what, what is so important? What, what, why is this so uh, weighty, the fact that uh, James here is exercising his, past, his apostolic authority? Why, why should we pay attention to that? Why should we even care that when James speaks, he's speaking with apostolic authority. Well, because he's, I mean, they, James as an apostle mm -hmm. is a custodian of God's truth. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a custodian of God's truth, he's communicating God's truth to us. Amen. Uh, so his words are God's words. Amen. They, they, Amen. Mean, I mean, they mean exactly that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we should treat it as a command coming from the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Gide. And Pastor Gide is 100% correct. When <laughs> you have uh, the, your, your cheerleading crowd here tonight. Awesome, Randy. Awesome. So when the apostle speaks, he's speaking in the place of Christ, as if Christ himself was speaking. So when you hear the apostle James read from the, in, in this verse 19, when he says, know this, all right. What we have to understand in our hearts and our minds, that it's not just the Apostle James telling us. This directive is coming directly from the Lord himself. It's coming from the Lord, and it's not an opinion, and it's not something that uh, we could do or should do if we feel like it, if we just so happen to do it, if by mistake or one day, you know, we are in the mood to do so. No. This should constantly be and on our minds and on our hearts, right, to always act according to what the Word says. It's a command. It's a directive. Number two, James presents an argument here, and I want you to see this all. I want you to all to see this. He presents this argument, right, of uh, listening, doing, and speaking, right, when, where he says, Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and even slower to anger. He presents them, he presents this idea as an argument based on the greater to the lesser. Does everybody see that? It's obvious, it's plain to see, but many times if we don't stop and take a pause, right, and meditate on what the word of God is telling us, we'll miss it. It'll go right over our heads, okay? And basically what this argument that James is presenting from the greater to the lesser, he is basically telling us 
that in our Christian walk, in our Christian life, the most important thing to do as we relate to God and we relate to other people around us, the most important skill that we could develop in our lives and the most important ability that we can develop in our lives is the skill and the ability to listen. To listen. It's the most important thing. All right? It is the most important thing. It is more important than speaking. Listening. Why do you think? Why do you think? Why do you think that listening is more important than speaking? Anyone, 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 anyone. I know those who are married can give us many examples why listening is more important than speaking. Amen? I, mean, I know. I know you have many examples. I know there's a lot of life case studies. Amen? I know a lot of you that, you know, are in the workplace right now in corporate America. I know you know why it's more important to listen than to speak. Sister Fola is going to help us out. Why do you think? Um, I would say um, listening is much more important than speaking um, because when you listen, you can sort of get to the point that you're slow to become angry. And I say that because then you're actively trying to understand where the other person is coming from. Um, you're trying to figure out how to frame your thoughts so you're not angry because you, know, you're, you have more context, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Amen, amen. Anyone else? Sister Nifa, yes. In the back. Um, I would say it's important to listen, um, especially when you're conversing with somebody or when somebody is talking to you. Uh, that gives um, a room, it creates a room to make that person feel important, like his opinion also matters, you know, amen, amen, given amen. not just exhorting your own amen. words. Amen. Even the way God designed and created human beings, right, um, is a testament to this argument that James presents from the greater to the lesser. Uh, it's, it may sound like a cliche, but have you heard uh, that cliche that says, God gave us two ears for a reason and one mouth for a reason. Why? Because we're to listen twice as much than, than we do speak or talk, right? So I know that sounds cliche-ish, but many times cliches are based on truth. Yes, Pastor Gide. That's actually what I was going to say. <laughs> we're in the same spirit. And, uh, we, have, <laughs> we have two ears, we have one mouth, yeah. and uh, I think uh, that's an emphasis on, yeah. uh, on that. Yeah. But I think we obviously learn more listening yeah. than speaking. Amen. When Amen. we're speaking, we are communicating our opinion. Amen. When we are listening, obviously we are receiving. Uh, so uh, especially that order is very important. Mm -hmm. And uh, making sure we listen more right. and we talk less mm -hmm. uh, shows that we're obviously taking in more wisdom than we're giving out. Hence, we are increasing in wisdom. Yeah. If someone speaks more than they, they, they listen, I mean, obviously, they are reducing technically, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Pastor Gide. No, that's, that's, 
Absolutely correct. In, in God's genius, in God's omniscience, even this principle of listening is more important than speaking is enmeshed part of our physical constitution, part of our physiology, right? It's part of our physiology. That's how important it is uh, to listen more than what we than what we speak. Amen. So James knows that the believer needs wisdom and knowledge and that we learn more by listening than speaking. People that talk a lot are not very good listeners. Have you ever met someone who just constantly talk? He's talking and talking and talking and uh, you're, they're having a one-way conversation with you and you cannot get uh, a word in, Right? Um, that's because people that talk a lot, a lot are not very good listeners. They have God's design backwards. These people have two mouths and one ear. <laughs> All right, spiritually speaking, right? Uh, perhaps not anatomically correct or speaking, but for sure, uh, spiritually, big talkers have two mouths and one ear. Sometimes they have no ears because they're just so tone deaf that they cannot um, engage in conversation. Who did you give the mic to, Brother Brother Corey? Yes, I was just going to add a comment, which is that, uh, you know, to take it a little further, right? So listening and talking, you can sort of, uh, you know, translate it to something such as input and output, yes. right? So yes. so if you're definitely putting... Are out, you in IT, uh, Brother no, Corey? No, 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 not no? at all. Okay. <laughs> no. No, 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 but, you know, definitely you don't want your output to be more than your input, yeah, right? Because yeah. then, you know, like, there's this commercial that I like a lot. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you what product is for, but at the end of it, the slogan is really that, you know, you get out what you put in. Mm. You know, so. Amen, amen, amen. Let me ask you a question. Which gender is the better listener? And which gender is typically the better talker? Sister Dominique, yes. Hold up, give, give me a second, uh, Sister Dominique. I feel like men are better listeners because sometimes they don't want to go back and forth and they're just over it, so they listen and try to agree. Good job, is that really listening or is that just... <laughs> but I do think yeah. men are better listeners than okay. women because sometimes we tend to... Mm, wow. Well, in okay. my household. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Sister Dominique. Two, I, I, now I'm just curious. Can you give the mic to Sister Adesoya, please? Who, which gender is better at listening, in your, opinion, in your humble opinion? I don't think it's a gender-specific thing. I think it, um, it might depend on the month you're born in. <laughs> okay, we need... A whole different type of Bible class tonight. <laughs> mm. uh, let me help you, Sister Adesoya. You meant to say it, uh, listening does have a lot to do with your personality type. That's what you meant to say, right? Okay. All right, you won't be getting a text from Pastor G-Day now. <laughs> All right, one more, one more. Who is the better listener, man, men or women? Um, I agree with my sister. I don't think, well, I don't agree with her on the month thing, but I think it, um, 
it depends on the individual. Some people are, like you said, are talkative, so they talk more and don't listen. Um, but also, I think that um, some people, they hear right. and don't listen. I, I right. Like, you know, those are also not the same thing. So it depends on the individual. Amen. At the end of the day, listening and talking are two very important skills that we must develop and master. And these skills are not gender specific. Amen. Uh, but when it comes to, to our lives as believers, uh, the Lord is very specific. And whether you're a male or a female, whether you're a brother or a sister, amen, the order is you need to listen more than you speak. And there is hardly ever a case or a good reason for any of us to get angry. All right, amen. Amen. So let's continue. The book of Proverbs, all right? So uh, let me just say this. Angry talkers do not hear anything at all. They don't hear anything at all. People who are easily triggered, people who are always angry, people who are always finding an excuse to be angry, people who uh, play the victim are the first ones to get angry. And it is almost impossible uh, for them to listen to anyone because they're very self-centered. The book of Proverbs says, chapter 18, verse 13, that the, he that answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. Amen. Thank you, Brother Javier. Brother Javier is not only our in-house usher tonight, but he is also the virtual usher as well. Because if not, I will um, just forget that there's, there's even a virtual audience. All right, my wife, my dear wife, Yvette Barrio, says when we listen more, we increase in wisdom. Yes. Tosin O. Tosin O says that women are the better listeners. She also says that men may seem like they listen, but nothing sticks. Amen. Nothing sticks. I tend to agree with Tosin O. Who is Tosin O? Tosin O. Who? Oh, the Yemi. Okay. I agree with her 100%. I agree, with, and, and even Sister Tommy, they always says, I agree with Tosin. <laughs> Amen. Uh, someone else said, I, they de it depends on the topic, and you're absolutely right. But at the end of the day, no matter who, what gender you think is the better listener or the talker, that does not pertain to us. What we need to be concerned about is that this is a commandment from the Lord, and it is not gender specific. Yes. Mm -hmm. studies. If you read any of the studies about listening, yeah. uh, I think objectively studies kind of show that women mm -hmm. are generally more, I mean, better listeners, uh, you know, than men in terms of yeah. genuine listening just to listen. Yeah. I, I yeah. think men can listen yeah. for different reasons, yeah. not necessarily to listen or to understand. So. Yeah. I, I think... Um, if you have a hard time, whether you're a man or a woman, and by the way, I believe that women are the better listeners and talkers, to be honest with you. Men are just complete brutes. We're just, we're just brute. We're like, huh? You know, you ever, if you ever hear, you ever catch a group of guys talking with one another, it's, uh, yeah, uh. We use the least amount of syllables, right, and words as possible. And, and we understand each other. And we understand each other. That just drives women crazy. All right, so women communicate on a higher plane than men. 
But guess what? These principles are not gender specific. They are for the believer. So if you as a believer have a hard time listening and speaking, these are skills that you have to develop. These are skills that the Lord expects you to become better at. He expects you to become a better listener. He expects you to become a better communicator. Amen. It's an expectation of the Lord. And we all know what happens when expectations are not met, correct? All right. When our children do not meet our expectations, we get disappointed in them. And when we don't meet our Lord's expectations, there is a level of disappointment as well. So it, is, it behooves us, amen, to develop those skills. Carefully following this pattern leads to speech and actions that edifies others and glorifies God. I want you to see a pattern here in verse 19 and 20. I want you to see an overlay, if you will. Amen. What is a pattern? What do I mean by an overlay? Amen. An overlay. Remember back in the day before computers and before, you know, smart TVs? Uh, who, grew, who went to school in the 80s and the 90s? Who went to school? You remember the projector and the teacher would come with a clear plastic paper it, that, with words on it, right? You can see through it and it had words on it. And, and the projector had a big bright bulb that projected whatever the, was on the overlay, right? And it magnified it on the screen. You have to look at God's word that way, as an overlay. God's wisdom as an overlay for our life. Amen. And this here in verse 19 and verse 20 is an overlay that James is presenting to the believer and he is saying, put this on and act accordingly. He's saying, know this, put this on. Let this be the pattern for your life. Let this be the overlay of your life, of your internal life, of your external life, of your internal thoughts, of your external words and actions. Let this overlay be ingrained in you, implanted in you, Amen. Now I'm getting ahead of myself so that it could be expressed externally. Amen. Because if all you do is overlay it in your inner man, in your heart, and in your mind, and you don't allow this to be expressed externally, you are doing it in vain. Now I'm definitely getting ahead of myself. You are doing it in vain, and, you, and what you call worship is actually a waste of time. Amen, but we'll go into that. Amen, here's a question for each and every one of you, and it's not a general question. It's a very personal question. This question is for Mayawa. This question is for Mike. This question is for Dante. This question is for Sister Dominique, for Sister Deborah. This question is for Rosalind, for Corey, for Adesoya. This question is for David. This question is for everyone on the technical team. This question is for you. Get a pen and paper out. And on the back part of the notes, write somewhere the steps that you have to put in place in order to live out the pattern, in order to live out the overlay that is found in James chapter 1, verse 19. Only you can answer this. I cannot answer it for you. Pastor Gide cannot answer it for you. 
the pastoral team, the ministerial staff, your discipleship leader, your discipleship class leader cannot answer it for you. This thing that we call faith in Christ Jesus is done in the context of a church community. But right here, James is talking to us personally. And he's asking you, what steps do you have to put in place in order to live out the pattern found in James 1.19 and in 20? Do you see that in your life, there are times where you have this order reversed? That you are easily triggered, that you are easily angered with a self-righteous, self-centered, carnal, uh, unpleasing to God kind of anger and that you're quick to speak and you justify yourself in this anger to the point that you think to yourself that even God is on your side. That's what it means to justify oneself. When we justify ourselves, we think we are in the right because we think that God has our back. But here James is plainly telling us God does not have your back. Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We'll see that in upcoming verses. Is this pattern missing in your life? It's missing in my life. I'm not there. I know what I have to do to get it right. What do you have to do, Sister Fola, Brother Michael? What do you have to do? Write it down. Take a minute or two to write it down. Do you have to repent before God? Do you have to ask someone for forgiveness? Do you have to sit your wife down and, and have a true heart to heart and lay all the cards out on the table? And apologize to your wife. Apologize to your children. Apologize to co-workers. And say, you know, I recognize, you know, this area in my life where, where I'm angered easily. Where I become enraged easily. I, I recognize that I do more talking than I do listening. And, and I recognize that that doesn't please God. Who is it that you have to approach this week to settle accounts with? To, to love on? To listen to? To listen to their side of the story? Write it down. Come on, come on, come on. Write it down. All right, I'm going to go on. I'm going to continue. Is there anybody bold enough that would want to share? One person that's like super duper brave and bold. So I would like to say this. I honestly started coming to this church three weeks ago because I've been very angry mm. lately and I don't listen when people try to talk to me and I over talk them and mm. I talk loudly over them and I just always in my mind feel like... 
I'm I'm right, and I know a lot of times I'm not right, and I have to sit back and think about it, and I do apologize. But I did start to come to church and bring my children to church so I could try to get it right for my children because I don't want them to grow up and be angry all the time. Amen. Wow, so thank you, thank you. See, one brave person. Wow. And I know if everyone had the chance here, you would all be so brave as well. But thank you, Sister Dominique. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, I believe that's God working in your life. What, what we just witnessed is a divine work of God in the life of uh, a sister. Amen. Who wants to settle accounts, not only with her God, but with those in her circle. Amen. But please, take this very serious. Write it down. Get right with God. Get right with the people around you. And start acting accordingly. Start doing the word. Start living the word. Amen. Amen. James 1.21. Let's go to James 1.21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent in the world today and humbly receive the word implanted in you by others' instruction, the word implanted which can save you. I wish I had two hours just to teach on this verse. Two hours. You need, to, you need two hours just to teach on this verse. But we're going to do it in about 10 minutes here. James is not talking to unbelievers who need to hear the gospel message of repentance of sin and faith in Christ alone for salvation. He is speaking to believers who need to hear this gospel message of repentance of sin and faith in Christ alone for present salvation. And what is the word that I have there in parentheses? Can you give the mic to Sister Fola, please? What is the word that is there in parentheses? Reformation. Reformation. James is speaking to believers here. Believers who seem to be carnal. Believers here who have the order in reverse. Believers who have been living unwisely. Believers who profess a faith but do not live their faith. And what James says is that if you are living this way, you need present-day salvation. That is to say, reformation. You're already born again. You're gonna, you already died once. You fulfilled your quota in Christ Jesus. The day that you pass on from this world, you will be going to the next into the very presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. But James is not talking about past salvation, and he's not talking about a future salvation. He's talking about your present-day salvation. How are you living today? Are you living saved today? Are you living saved at this moment? Or are you living like an unbeliever, as one who is unsaved? And the directive from the Apostle James is that if you profess Christ, you have to live like Christ. 
You have to be like Christ. Any questions on what I just shared, what we just shared? Because that's a lot to unpack there. It's a lot to unpack. What does that mean, reformation, when, when a Christian is in need of reformation? Anyone? Brother Mile? It's possibly a new term, perhaps, for many of us. Christian counselors know this very well. They are in the business of helping Christians reform their lives. Amen. Pastors understand this very well. They are in the business of reforming, amen, uh, many of the members in their church. What do we mean by this? Anyone? Give it a shot, Brother Corey. I mean, basically, you, you just need to uh, re-strategize. And, but in this context, though, it's talking about, you know, letting go of our individual res- our, uh, personalities and taking on those that reflect, you know, uh, what uh, God expects of us, you know. Amen. Amen. So to reform means to reshape, right? As a, a potter will work with a lump of clay. Amen. To reshape, to reconfigure. All right. But the potter is not reconfiguring into any old image. He has a vision. He has an image of one that he wants to liken the lump of clay into. Amen. And with skill and with patience and with the spoken word and with love and with, with discipline, he begins to reforme, which is means to shape again into the image of Christ. Yes, my brother. I was actually about to say what you just said, amen. so you took the word right off my mouth. Amen, amen. So to reform means to reshape in the context of the believer's life, reshape into the image of Christ. Yes. So, you know, once you said that, it, it, I used to play uh, baseball when I was a lot younger, and my coach... I had a certain batting style, and sometimes it's very difficult to reform or, or redo or reshape something that's so prominent in your life. So, you know, as believers, the fact that we know that it's wrong, but it's hard, it's difficult for us to, to get reformed because, you know, you're so used to what you're doing. So just like a batter, to change their batting style, to change the way they hit, um, you know, as believers, it's just very difficult to to change what you know. Mm. So reforming is, is, it has to be the grace, you know, God needs to help you, the Holy Spirit needs to guide you, because without them, it's, it's very difficult. You know? And I want to add before I continue that this reforming, this present day saving that the Lord does, he does it by way of his Holy Spirit. It's not uh, a work that any man could do. It is definitely a divine work of God. Number two, James teaches that for the believer, repentance and reformation are a precondition to humbly receiving the implanted word, which which presently 
saves. Amen. I want you to notice that one word, receive. Receive the implanted word. Okay? Receive the implanted word. That word receives. Sister Dominique, someone said here. Uh, la, 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 where I said, I saw it right here. I saw it right here. Thank you for sharing, Sister Dominique. God bless you. I believe someone was blessed by what you shared, Sister Dominique, because they're thanking you for that. Amen. Amen. So I want you to pay attention to words in the book of James. Words are super important because words have definition. So many times I hear it said from preachers and teachers, and I believe it's incorrectly so, that James focuses on work, okay? And though there is a big emphasis on work, right, in the book of James, James, the bigger emphasis is on grace. And right here, this word points to that fact. The word receives Repeat after me, the word receives, the word accept is not a work word. It's a grace word. What we have in Christ, we have it because we humbly received it. Not because we did anything to merit it. Amen? The life-saving power that comes from the implanted word, right? When we've heard it specifically from a teacher, from a preacher, from a pastor, from a discipler, because this is what this, these verses are all about. It's, it's all about the discipler and disciple relationship, all right? We receive this implanted word that is able to save in the present by grace, by grace. And right here, the Apostle James makes emphasis on that. He makes sure to emphasize not merit, not works, but grace. Does he use the word grace? No, he uses the word receive. Because whatever we receive, whatever we have from God comes by way of receipt. Humbly receiving. Yes, Pastor Ajide. Thank you. I think there's a very strong connection between this and uh, Romans 12 2. Mm. Uh, Romans 12 2 talks about how we are renewed, right? How we are transformed, which is, you know, what you're, talk uh, what you're talking about. Do not be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, James talks about receiving, right, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Mm -hmm. uh, the soul there is also our mind. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about salvation to eternity here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the renewing of our mind. It's, it's in that context, it's about the, salvage, the saving of our mind, which is our you know, mind, will, mm -hmm. and emotion needs to be transformed. Amen. Because Amen. when we got saved, originally our spirit got saved. So 
the process of that is what James is explaining here. Mm-hmm. It is the implanted word of God mm-hmm. that brings that renewal of mind Amen. and brings us in alignment with God. And I Amen. think that also talks about what uh, Brother Avier was talking about. Mm-hmm. That is how we are transformed. It's always from, from the inside. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be anything external. It's going to be inside of us. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. Thank you, Pastor G. Dane. 100% correct. Verse 22, the apostle says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Listening and reading God's word must lead to action, or in other words, a fruitful life. Someone say with me, a fruitful life. Shake the person next to you. Wake them up. Shake them. Grab them by the neck, nap of the neck. Pull them up. Shout in their ear. Say, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Listening and reading to God's word must lead to action. And in James' world, action means productivity. It means a fruitful life. Listening and reading God's word with no action is self-deception. Or in other words, another way of saying it, a fruitless life. What do you want? A fruitful life or a fruitless life? What do you think God wants from you? A fruitful life or a fruitless life? Jesus came across a tree one day expecting to find fruit on it. There was no fruit and Jesus was very disappointed because it did not meet his expectations. And before he walked away, he pronounced a curse on it. A couple of days later, Jesus walked down the same path where that tree was with his disciples and his disciples were in shock and in awe. And they said, look, Lord, the tree that you cursed it withered and died. And he said, you seem shocked and amazed that it would wither and die but it had no fruit. And that is the end of all those who have a fruitless life. You will not enjoy the benefits of the blessings of God, but you will reap upon yourself the havoc and the chaos that comes with the pronouncements of curses upon your life. So the question is, Do you want the blessing or will you settle for the curses? If you want the blessings, you not only have to be a listener, but a doer of the word. You have to have a fruitful life. Amen, 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 amen. Jesus said in John 15, 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. How do we glorify God? By bearing fruit. Yes or no? No. By bearing much fruit, that is how we glorify God. That is how we glorify God. And we bear much fruit by listening more than we do talking. By listening more and doing. Disciples of Jesus are Repeat with me, doers of his word. What are disciples of Jesus? Doers of the word. 
Maybe instead of disciples, there's a little corny dad joke I wrote here. Get ready. You're going to laugh. You're going to find it funny, especially if you're a dad. All the dads, please raise your hands. You're going to laugh right now in a few seconds. Perhaps instead of being called disciples, we should be called disciples. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Anyway, okay, we'll, we'll move on. But there is truth to that little bit of humor of mine. If you're a disciple, you're not just a hearer. You're not just receiving the word. You're just not listening to data, to information. You are doing and living out that word. Whew, uh, I have a few more minutes left. Question, it is easy to listen to the word. It is difficult to do what it says. Why? Why? Answer to yourself, why? Why do you think? Why? Because of time, I'm not going to ask Brother Javier to pass the mic around because of time. I'm not going to ask. No, please. I'm asking you personally. Brother Mayoa, Sister Fola, Brother Mike, Brother Corey, Brother Toby, all the way in the back, Sister, Sister Addis Sawyer, Roslyn, Fumbi. Why? Why, 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 why? Sister Fola, it has to be real quick. Real quick. Why is it so difficult? It's easy to come to church. It's easy to listen to a sermon. It's easy to listen to a Bible class. It's easy to listen to our favorite teacher and preacher and evangelist. But it's so difficult to put it into action. Why? We sometimes think like that's like a maybe. It's like our choice. We don't really see Christ as master. Because mm. if you wow. see him as master... Jesus. You would, you, would, you would do everything possible to obey him. I, I was talking to... Let me just say this. If we be not Christ's slaves, Christ be not our Lord. Period. Period. If we be not his slaves, his servants... A servant does what a master tells him to do, right? Does he have an option? No. Can, can he, is there a suggestion box that I don't know of in the church? No, not in the true church. There is do and yes, sir. Period. Period. And if we not be his servants, he is not our Lord. And if he is not your Lord... You're not saved. Period. We have to be doers of the word. And by this, amen, all will know that you are his. And by this, you will glorify the Father. And by this, everyone will know that you are mine. And by this, everyone will know that you love me when you do my commands. Jesus says that's. Jesus himself says that. If you love me, keep my commands. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. 
Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the word, into the perfect law, amen, which is uh, uh, the word of God that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Right here, real quick, James contrasts two men to further cement his teaching on being doers and not listeners only. He literally says, don't be this guy, but be this guy. Don't be the guy that looks in the mirror and simply just walks away forgetting what he looked like. Don't be like the guy that looks in the mirror and doesn't brush his teeth. Don't be like the guy that looks in his mirror and doesn't take the crust out of his eyes. Don't be like the guy that looks in the mirror and doesn't brush his hair. Don't be like the guy that looks in the mirror and sees dirty smudge marks on his face and not clean it before walking away. James says, don't be that guy. Be the one who looks in the mirror and makes corrections to his life. Be the one that looks in the mirror and makes corrections to his visage or to his face. Amen? Be that guy. Be that guy. I love contrasts. I love contrasts. But here's a comparison. Compare James 1, 23 to 25 with Matthew 7, 24 through 27, which is the parable that Jesus says of the wise and foolish builders. We all remember that one, right? We all remember that? I'm not going to go into that right now. All right. But I will go into this one. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Keeping means doing. Tell your neighbor next to you, preach to them right now, minister to them right now. Tell them keeping means doing. Keeping doesn't mean hoarding. Keeping doesn't mean taking your talent and, and digging it into the ground. Keeping means doing. Jesus expects a compound return on the implanted word in your life. Jesus expects an increase of the implanted word in our lives. How many here like the fact that their savings account, well, I don't want to get into that right now, but oh, your 401k, oh, I don't want to get into that right now. But how many like the idea of compound interest, compound returns? So does Jesus. Jesus says, if I implant a word in you, I expect an increase. If I implant a word in you, I expect compound returns. And those compound returns have to be in the physical. It has to be an expression of what is inside of you. Both James and Jesus teach that there is a blessing for those who gaze into the law, the perfect law, of those who remember it and do it. Real blessing lies in doing God's will, not simply knowing it. And let's go to verse 26. I, I have to apologize. We're going to have to just stop right there. I have run out of time. And I will stop right here. Amen. If uh, in the future, Pastor GD would allow me so, I will come back and share. I'll pick up on verse 23 and, and continue, but that'll be something that will have to be decided on in the future. Um, 
Unfortunately, with all your questions, you took up all of my time. <laughs> I'm blaming on you. It's your fault, not mine. Anyway, um, but my brothers and my sisters, here's my observations on the book of James. I see a father in James. I see a father in James. Not only do I see a pastor, not only do I see an apostle, but I see a father. I believe it's the apostle Paul that states that you have many teachers. You have many disciplers. But his great lament is that you have very few fathers. And when I read James, as a father, I relate to him. Because I've had these conversations that James is having with the church, with my children, many times. Many times. And for those of you who perhaps have no father or or were reared with no father or an imperfect father or an absent father or a father who was present but was absent. Look to the word. Look to James. And let James point you to your heavenly father because in it you will find a father's heart for his son, a father's heart for his daughter, for spiritual growth, for spiritual maturity, for a blessed life. Receive, receive, receive by grace, not by anything that we could do or not by anything that we could merit, but receive by grace the implanted word that can presently save you and empower the life and the works that God has called you to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love and your grace. My God, I just thank you for this time that we've had in your word. And I just ask you, oh Lord, that you just keep blessing us, my God, and keep transforming us and reforming us, oh Lord, as we continue to receive your implanted word in our hearts. Help us to not only be listeners, but help us, oh God, to be doers of your word. For this glorifies you and this edifies others around us. In Jesus' name. My friends and my family, on the screen will be uh, different ways, amen, that you could give and uh, um, send, your, give your tithes and your offerings. Um, please don't leave this place without doing so. Let's pray, amen, um, and ask the Lord or present to the Lord, amen, those offerings at this moment before we are dismissed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you once again, O oh Lord. We know and believe that every good gift comes from you. And we just ask you, Father God, my God, that you would just take, O oh Lord, my God, of what we are offering and tithing right now, and that you will put it to good use in your kingdom. My God, that you will use it to expand your kingdom in the hearts and lives of men and women, not only here in this church and in Roselle, but around the world. In Jesus' holy name, with a worshiping heart, when with a grateful heart, receive, my God, our sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. WOP monthly prayer meeting this Saturday morning at 7 a.m. via Agape phone line. This Sunday is our last day to officially celebrate Pastor Appreciation Month. Please do not forget to honor our pastors and bless them. Happy, happy Pastor Appreciation Month, Pastor G-Day, Pastor B., 
Thank you, thank you for all of the hard work, amen, in your hard labor.